Hi, welcome to Don't Mince Your Words with Akanksha. This week's discussion will try to analyze Bluets. Bluets is a book by Maggie Nelson, who is a professor at CalArts. This podcast discusses and analyzes anything that has to do with languages, including literature. However, this is not a place for book reviews. I do not believe in the rating system. I feel the greatest fallacy one can commit in terms of reading books is by reducing it to a gradient of stars. In today's podcast, I will be telling you the thoughts and interpretations that came into my mind while reading this and what my understanding of Bluets is. is written in the form of an essay addressed to Miss Nelson's so-called Prince of Blue. This is one of those books that is for people obsessed with artistics and colors, but it is also for those with a taste for light academia. Bluets begins with suppose I were to begin by saying that I had fallen in love with a color. Sounds absurd and almost lonely, right? But it is this universality of falling back on colors when life seems so dull and almost helpless is what caught my attention. At times, while reading the essay, my academic writing mind was at work analyzing the transitions between prose and sentences. I found it to be lacking coherence, but it is this lack of coherence that made me realize how real and raw the writing is. We don't think in terms of coherent sentences unless we have a written script that has been well edited and then read out. We humans cut the wings of raw sentences, absurd thoughts, abstract language to ensure that we are judged as poised people with clear thoughts and no problems. However, the stark reality and the incoherent transitions make the book so real. Nelson in her writing is not shying away from being her authentic self. There's anger and love, which is well argued with the help of evidences drawn from philosophy, psychoanalysis, neuroscience. She also mentions Sare Sang, famous for its ancient lapis lazuli mines. Love, longing, joy, sadness, questioning, celebration, observation, acceptance and desire. all rinsed in blue she looks at the loss of a beloved the loss of a friend's physicality loneliness and even happiness through a, a blue filtered lens her writing style makes the readers smell and breathe in blue by the end of the book with numerous examples that she uses i felt like i was tasting and eating blue bluets doesn't mince thoughts or words it lacks euphemism and adds on to the indie punk art obsessed van gogh loving light academic vibe bluets is not an obsession with the blue things it's the blue vibe that's associated with love loss and bittersweet reminiscence which makes it such a devouring color nelson draws her understanding of blue from remarks on color by wittgenstein and theory of colors by gethe There was one particular paragraph that caught my attention. 
Gusset describes blue as a lively color, but one devoid of gladness. It may be said to disturb rather than enliven, writes Gusset. Is it to be in love with blue then to be in love with the disturbance? Or is the love itself the disturbance? And what kind of madness is it anyway to be in love with something constitutionally incapable of loving you back? When I began reading it, I obviously had certain expectations about the book, a vivid scale of imagery that would take me on an adventure with blue things. But that wasn't at all the case. Even if you hate the color blue, every shade of blue, the book still makes a case for why it is liked and loved by most people all over the world. She speaks of rawness and animalistic lust and desire, which may have been lost with the loss of a beloved. There's another verse that I absolutely could relate with. It is easier of course to find dignity in one's solitude. Loneliness is solitude with a problem. Can blue solve the problem or can it at least keep me company within it? No, not exactly. It cannot love me that way. It has no arms. But sometimes I do feel its presence to be sort of a wing. Here you are again, it says, and so am I. My favorite paragraph is number 199. For to wish to forget how much you loved someone and then to actually forget can feel it times like the slaughter of a beautiful bird who chose by nothing short of grace to make a habitat of your heart. I have heard that the pain can be converted as it were by accepting the fundamental impermanence of all things. This acceptance bewilders me. Sometimes it seems as an act of will at others of surrender. When we're in love with someone it feels like they're the greatest creation that mankind has ever witnessed. someone who's way out of your league someone unattainable someone in a far away land whom you have only thought of in your dreams this is exactly what my interpretation is of verse 224 where she describes that le bluets can be translated to the cornflowers she writes you might think i would have known this all along as i have been calling this book bluets for years but somehow i had only ever heard a small blue flower with a yellow center that grows abundantly in the countryside of france i thought i'd never seen it it is after we wake from the hallucination that is love that we realize that the person we were so madly in love with wasn't really someone unattainable in a foreign land it was just another flower that we never seemed to know was growing in so much abundance It is after we fall out of love that we realize it was merely a cornflower. This to me is the greatest lesson. We're so obsessed with one person, one shade that we become indifferent to the value of every other shade or person. And I don't really look down upon it because I myself get obsessed with certain colors and people. However, it's the universality that made Da Vinci say love is so ugly love is something so ugly that the human race would die out if lovers could see what they were doing